welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Matthew 3.11. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody say fire. Say the Holy Ghost and with fire. I want to talk to you today about fire. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, I pray that you would just move. Move by your spirit. I pray that you would let me speak what you have for your people today, God. I thank you for allowing us to be here, God. I thank you for allowing me to minister this morning on my brother's birthday. I pray, Lord God, that he would be blessed, and I pray that the church would be blessed today. And I pray that every one of us would leave this place on fire for you. Even those that have come in today and they're not even ready for this, I pray that you would grab a hold of them, turn their life upside down, get them on fire, and I pray their life would never be the same. I thank you right now in the precious name of Jesus. Anoint this word. Amen. Look at someone next to you. Say, you look like you're on fire to me. And if you're not, you will be. And you may be seated. Amen. I look at this word, uh, fire, and it's so fitting for Victory Outreach because you all know, especially the Mother Church, that we were born in fire. How many of you were born in the fire? You know that you've been born in fire. When you're born in the fire, you, you, you recognize you can't settle for smoke. You can't settle for anything but the real thing. And I believe this with all my heart, that we are supposed to be the church on fire for the last days. The word fire is such a great term, and it has so many different meanings. Especially these days, they use it in slang a lot. It represents something very good, and it also represents something very bad. It can be used to destroy or a term of destruction, but it also is referred to a lot in the Bible. I believe it's because fire consumes everything. We have witnessed that fires can really go, go out of control many times. Once it starts and it spreads to the forest, it becomes almost impossible to stop. Matter of fact, they started this term saying, let the fire burn itself out. Because of the fact that they found that they can't control it. It only takes a small spark to start a fire. I think it's time for us to get on fire for God more than ever before. If it only takes a spark, think about it. We could be that spark that starts... Uh, uh, our church to be on fire, our, our life group, our, our, what do you call them again here? Victory groups. It just takes one person in that victory group to light on fire, and it changes everybody around them. It just takes one spark. If we're here this morning, God wants you to know him as the God of fire. They call him the God of fire. Now, I, I will say this. If we're here today, there's not a coincidence that you're here. Anybody who's here today, God wanted you to hear this. He wanted you to hear what he has for you. So we have to know, like, if we're here this morning, we're here to meet the God of fire, which is our Lord. 
Like Moses at the burning bush, he met the God of fire. We need the same promise for him to make us a great nation and we'll have to catch fire, the God of fire. Like Elijah called fire down from heaven. And then later, the fire engulfed his heaven-pound chariot. Like the fire which led Israel through the night. Psalms 104 verse 4 says, Who maketh his angels' spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. So as promised in the book of Acts. Remember the book of Acts where it talks about a flickering flame settled above each of the 120 disciples' heads. Making them look like human candles. I, I just could imagine in the spirit world, how many of you have human candles above your heads right now? I mean, ask the person next to you, say, are you lighting, are you lit on fire? Really ask, ask them, are you on fire for God? Now, if you are, then you'll understand that you have to know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit symbolized, was symbolized by fire. If you're on fire for God, it's time that you start letting it be known, I'm on fire for God. In other words, it's time that you start burning a little brighter. I believe this. I believe that every single one of us, we need to burn bright in this time that we're in. I'll tell you who is burning bright right now in the world. And you tell the LGBTQF or whatever else. I don't know. I think there's a whole alphabet now. They're, they're burning pretty bright. It's the wrong kind of fire. But they're making a lot of noise. They're making a lot of noise out there. And it's actually now you find the Muslim church is, they're, they're, they're spreading around the world. We, if there's ever a time that we need to be on fire, it is right now. Right now, we need to be on fire more than ever. The world, the enemy and his agenda is creeping into our schools, creeping into our homes, and the world's way of thinking is now contaminating even the church many times. It's time to be on fire. Somebody yell, fire! fire! For the rest of this message, if you want to say amen, just yell fire. I'll get it. The phrase baptism of fire, it's a metaphorical expression that originated, they say, from a military terminology that has since been adapted by various contexts. Now, it refers to a person's first experience or initiation into a challenging or intense situation, often involving a high level of pressure, of risk, or difficulty. This military origin, baptism of fire, describes a first-time soldier engages in combat. It represents the initiation of a soldier into a harsh realities of warfare, where they face dangers, uncertainties, and extreme stress associated with this battle. The initial experience is often seen as a crucial test of a soldier's mettle, as it refers to their ability to handle the demands and pressures of combat. Overall, baptism of fire it's significant of challenging initiation into a new demanding situation where individuals are pushed to their limits and must prove their capabilities. Now, there's a list of, that I came up with that the Bible uses this word fire. 
And it uses it in different ways. And I want to bring a few out to you today, uh, the different meanings that I see in the Bible when it associates with fire. The first one. First one I call the red fire. The red fire is the purifying fire. Red fire, this color's red. The, 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 this fire speaks of this, of God's refining fire. It symbolizes his purifying work in the lives of believers. Somebody say amen. When you got on, <laughs> somebody did it right, I, I said say amen. Somebody say fire. fire. There you go. The red fire is, is, is a fire that we catch when we get saved. That's when you get saved, it's salvation. You get saved and you give your life to God and you start burning. Your fire begins. It symbolizes his purifying work in our lives. The reason it's red is because it's burning away all these toxins and all this stuff that needs to be burnt away, impurities. This is the very same way God uses the red fire to remove impurities out of our lives and transforms our lives. This fire is a fire that helps us start the journey of salvation. It gets us going. It continues to burn throughout our salvation. Now, if you don't have this fire, you need this fire. There's some people who think that they've passed this stage. You don't pass this stage. Listen, I mean, the Bible says that there's not one person here that is totally, totally clean. Except the Lord. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There's no not righteous, no not one. If we, now we are being made righteous, right? We have the righteousness of Jesus and we become his righteousness. But the thing about it is our righteousness in and of ourselves is his filthy rags. So every one of us need to get a hold of God and have this red fire burn away our impurities and anything that's not like him. Ultimately, this fire says, I'm saved now. This fire says, I need to be changed. This fire is the only weapon. Fire, listen, this fire is the only weapon that can defeat darkness. In Malachi 3, verse 2 and 3, it says, But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Tell someone next to you real quick, I see some red fire on you. We always need the red fire in our lives. As you grow, no matter how far you are, continue to burn red. The second fire I want to show you or tell you about. Now, this I believe this. I believe we should have a bit of all of these colors in our fire. The second one is the yellow fire. This fire I call the guiding fire. Fire of peace and joy in the midst of uncertainty. Somebody give a Lord a hand for this kind of fire. The yellow fire. This is where God allows us to go through certain situations. That will cause us to abandon our ways and our plans in exchange for his plans and his ways. Somebody say fire. 
this fire, the temperature goes up from red. It, it, it goes up in temperature. It gets a little hotter now. This is where he separates us from people. This is where he separates us from the people we shouldn't be around anymore. This is where he says to some, that girl's not for you. <laughs> this is where he says to some, you need to get away from them, separate from them. They don't, you don't belong with them anymore. This is where he says, love them, but you got to leave them. He separates us to himself. It's not easy to do. This is where we can feel very alone at times. If you're a Christian, you ever felt alone? I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. You're never alone. The Bible says you're never alone. He's always there. He loves you. He's going to take care of you. But you will feel alone when you're on this kind of fire. You'll be like, God, doesn't anybody care? Don't people love me? I've had more love in the world. Well, you might feel like that at times, but you're just burning yellow. God is trying to get your attention and let you know I want a, that personal relationship with you. I want it to be closer. Now, this is another thing. Just like Jacob had to be alone to wrestle with God to get his name changed, you'll have to experience this yellow fire by yourself. This fire only comes when you face challenges. To, you burn brighter through the challenges instead of quitting and running away. When you burn brighter through the challenges, he literally starts to consume all of you. That's what it is that he wants. He wants all of us. Every part of you. So you can experience this change of life, the change of plans. You'll have a big enough evidence of change in your life that people will recognize that your fire has changed. You're, 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 you're on fire. You're, you're a different type of person now. This is what he wants. He wants our obedience. And in this yellow fire, he'll get us to find that obedience. If you're going to be on fire for God, in the yellow fire, you got to be obedient. We need to follow his will and not our will. His plan and not our plan. I'm not alone. This fire is used as a symbol of God's guidance and protection. It led the Israelites through the wilderness, providing light and direction. Exodus 13, 21, it says, By day the Lord went ahead of them and in a pillar of cloud and to guide them on their way. And by night, a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel day or night. Now the third fire. The third fire, this is, I have fun with this one. This is the orange fire. And I call this the consuming fire. The Bible calls it consuming fire. This is the all of me fire. This fire is orange because now the temperature even gets hotter. You can call it a personal fire, I guess. This is the fire that's between you and God. This fire demonstrates zeal. It demonstrates commitment. Commitment to God. This fire demands sacrifice in our life. Even to death. Now death to the flesh I'm talking about. It signifies his holiness and his beauty. You fall deeper in love with Jesus 
and it's a very personal experience. With this fire, you learn to show your fire off to the world. I don't know if you have gotten to this fire or if you, you did at one point. Many of you, you're on orange fire. You are you're shining bright for God. Because this fire represents God's intense presence and his zeal for his people. You can tell when people have this fire because it has certain characteristics. I want to give them to you. This fire brings a boldness that you just didn't have before. This fire, you'll start doing things, stepping out in God, things that you never would do before, all of a sudden, you're starting to do. You, You start to do speaking in public and doing that at the at the victory group or you start to step out to sing and you never sung before. I remember when my brother caught Orange Fire, we actually did a the Argonzoni Five. That's what we called it, I guess. We sang a song and after we sang that song, he did really good. And everybody was telling him, you did great. Now, if you knew my brother when I grew up with him, he was shy. You wouldn't ever think he would sing in public. You wouldn't think he would preach in public or even talk in public for that matter. But God, he, he saved him. He separated him. And then he caught this orange fire. <laughs> I mean, the change was so drastic. He became a different person right before my eyes. I used to, now I wasn't saved yet. Understand this. I got saved like seven years after him or something like that. I wasn't saved yet, but I wanted to come to church just to see him. I couldn't believe it. I'm not kidding, man. I'm serious. I, I wanted to see. He, the, I remember the first day he had a, he did a, a solo in the choir. It was a little solo too, right? What was it? Oh, God is an awesome God. He did like two lines of it. I went to church because I heard Sonny's doing a solo, and that was just like miracle territory to me. I go, wow, God is a really miracle-working God. If my brother does it, I'm going to go see. I don't think he will do it. I'm just going to go check it out. Let's just see. Well, he was burning a new boldness that he had. It was a newfound boldness that God was giving to him. Many of you, if you catch this color fire, you're going to start realizing you're not who you thought you were. This fire brings boldness. This fire loves being a Christian. And it makes sure that people know that you love being a Christian. When you catch this fire, it's a louder fire. Secondly, this fire, it gives you energy. Now, I got I to gotta, I gotta really elaborate on this because a lot of you... You think you don't have enough time or enough energy to get involved. And that's the exact opposite. Let me just share this with you. If you're somebody that works a lot, you work hard. You have to get up early, sometimes stay up late. You, more than anybody that should be involved in ministry, it should be you. And I'll tell you why. When you burn orange, you have energy that you didn't know you could have. People wonder how you do it. And then this kind of fire, it's amazing. Because you're like a ball of energy, and and you also have energy for people around you. You give it off. There's a guy in our church. 
And I used to ask him, I used to, you know, because he used to get up at about 3.30, had to be at work by 4.30 or 5 or whatever it was. Then he would work from 5 all the way to 4 in the afternoon. And it was a hard job, strenuous job. Then he would leave the job, come to whatever he did real quick at home, and be back by 6 o'clock. And he would have ministry from 6 to 10, sometimes to 11. And he would do this ongoing often. I asked him one time, I thought, man, hey, are you sure you're okay? Because I know that you must be tired. He goes, I go, if you need to take some time off or if you need to maybe do something a little less because I don't want you to burn out, I don't want you to be too tired. He goes, no, you don't understand, Pastor. I, I need to be here. He said, if I didn't, if I did not come and do the ministry that I do, I wouldn't have the energy to do the rest of my work all week. Somebody got to catch this. I hope you catch what God's saying. He said this. He said, I need to do what God's called me to do. That's what gives me the energy. Somebody clap your hands if you're catching this at all. Listen, some of you, you've been saying you don't have enough time, you don't have an energy, that you can't fit it in your schedule. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. If you're tired all the time, get busy doing what God called you to do, and you watch this supernatural fire begin to come on you. You'll be amazed at how much more energy you'll have throughout the week. If anybody I think about when I think of this is our parents, right? I mean, you, you, you see their energy. It, and then it's, it's, it's contagious. When you're around them, I feel a little bit more energized, even though I get tired out around them, too. Because they go and go and go. But it's not just them. It's anybody who understands how to burn orange. When you burn like this. You don't, you make time for what's important. You make sure that you do what God's called you to do and you give him the very best you have. See, some people, they don't understand the difference between their job and work. See, work will fulfill you. Your job may just provide some money so you could actually do the work. The work is God's calling on your life, what he's called you to do. That work that you need to do for him, that's what's going to fulfill you. If you don't do the work that he called you to do while it is day, then you're going to find yourself constantly looking for something new in life all the time. You won't find fulfillment. You'll constantly feel like, man, this life is so hard and so difficult and this job is the same old thing. Well, you got to get busy doing the work of God. You haven't started working yet if you don't do what he's called you to do. When you work for God, it changes everything that you do in your job. If you work for God, you want to do good in your job. But don't go and give the best to the job and don't do anything in the work. You might lose that job. But when you're doing the work of God, you don't lose that if you're just being faithful to God and burning orange. you got to burn bright. And I promise you this. If you do it, you'll see. Some of you, you've got to make time now. I hope you're hearing what God's saying. I'm saying it's him because it's him. He's telling you, 
you're too busy not to do what I've called you to do. Don't neglect what God says for you to do for him. That should be priority. When you, God is number one. Then you got family after that. Then you have ministry after that. But understand this. If you're not putting it in the right order, then you could be just tiring yourself out, coming to church on Sunday, burning bright on Sunday, but when they really need you to burn is on Monday. You need to be contagious. This type of fire makes you glow to other people. This type of fire also, listen to this one. This orange fire, it gives you a supernatural joy. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. If anybody needs that joy, I hope you need that joy. I hope you recognize you need the joy of the Lord. And I hope you recognize that you have the joy of the Lord, but you've got to get on fire to have the joy of the Lord. You've got to put it on. You've got to decide to light up. You can't just sit there going through the motions and acting like you're just, it's just going to happen for you. Listen to me. You've got to express this type of fire, and you'll see the results of it. This type of fire, you can't just come to church and listen to worship. The Lord knows my thoughts, brother, and I am praising God in my mind. I, I, see, people have all these different things. God knows everything. God knows my heart. He knows every thought. Yeah, he does, but he wants your praise. And your praise is not your thoughts. It's actually an expression. It's an outward expression that says, I love you, and this is for you, and I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to do it in the public and in front of everybody. Somebody clap your hands and yell, fire, fire, fire. This type of fire will make you rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because you know that if Christ is for me, who could be against me? This fire gives you joy. And guess what happens when you have joy? For the joy of the Lord is my so if you want to walk in victory, you got to light yourself on fire. you you got to be determined to light up. People have got to see you. This fire, this orange fire, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to camp here for a minute because I'll tell you why. Because I think some of you, you, you're not burning bright enough. And God is telling you, I want you to turn it up. Turn it up now. I want, I want people to know it. I want them to see it everywhere you go. I want them to see that you are changed. You're filled with my spirit. And you're burning bright. Because this fire, it also has dance moves. <laughs> it does. It does. When someone's on this fire, they learn how to dance for Jesus. You know, I can always tell when someone hasn't caught this fire yet. I mean, some of you don't do it in public, but I hope you do it in private. <laughs> That's okay, too. I have a feeling Pastor Saul gets down in private with Jesus. I don't know. I'm kidding, Pastor Saul. I'm sure he does, though. He has that relationship with him. Now, I used to do that alone in, in, in private. I, I, was, I remember one time I was in England, and, and I, I remember I used to be the campus guy. I locked up the whole place, and I, I put on some music, and I danced around that whole sanctuary. 
And I had a good time with Jesus. See, sometimes he's calling you out to dance for him. And some of you, you, you just don't do it because you say, oh, man, that's just not me. It's not me. No, it, it wasn't you, but it could be you. If you're the type of person that watches people dance under the Lord with a joyful spirit and you look at them and you say, man, that looks good. I want to do that. That's not just you thinking that. That's a thought that the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to obey. And if you don't obey it, you're going to miss out on a level of joy and a level of peace on a level of that you just don't have any idea of how good it could be until you actually do it. If you're burning this type of fire, you don't care who's watching. <laughs> I mean, some of you, you used to dance in the club. After you had about six of them or maybe eight of them, you guys know, you know, you, you, you know. You were John Travolta at that point. You were like, come on, let's do the soul train line. I'm ready to go down. Oh, bomb. Remember we used to get the Soul Train line going back in the day? We used to go to Safari Bar. <laughs> and after we had a certain amount, come on, Soul Train time, let's go. And then we'd do it and go down the little. That was too funny. But if I was willing to do that for the enemy, who am I to deny the Holy Ghost? The dance that he wants me to do for him. I believe that anybody and everybody can experience this type of fire. You just got to practice at home. Or there should be a ministry in the church. Dance practice for God. I, I'm not kidding. I'm going to start one of those if it's not done yet, but... I'm not talking about dance teams. I'm talking about learning how to dance in the Holy Ghost and learning how to dance like David danced and learning how to dance for Jesus and saying, I don't care what anybody thinks. Now, if you look at David, David didn't care what anybody thought. His own wife was embarrassed of him because he got all naked in front of everybody dancing for Jesus. And he said, I don't care what you say. I do this unto my Lord, unto my Savior, unto my King. He is all that I care about. And it's done unto him and let people watch all they want. See, there comes a time where you burn on fire and you don't care who watches you. You don't care who's looking at you. You lift up those hands and they don't just barely go up no more. Now they're going up all the way. Now you're, when it's time to jump, 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 jump. You might not be jumping, but at least you're like dipping. Hey, I do that. It works. Sometimes I don't feel like jumping, jumping, all that stuff, but I don't mind dipping here and there, you know what I'm saying? It looks the same. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to cut a rug for God. I'm tempted to do it right now. Some of you, you need to burn orange. And some of you, you need to take off those shackles. And you need to recognize that if you dance in the world, you got to give it to Jesus too. I'll tell you why. Sit down real quick. We're not going to dance yet. <laughs> I'll tell you why though. 
Because when I think of the Lord, no, no, really, I'm not just quoting a song here. When I think of the Lord and when I, what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set up a guy like me free. Now, some of you, you don't think about it enough. <laughs> We've got to know that, hey, when I think about what he's done for me, it makes me want to express love to him. It makes me want to do something that's not ordinary, something I wouldn't do for other people or anybody else. It's something that I only would do for him. So when I dance unto God, believe me when I say this, it's not for you. Don't get me wrong, I'm not being rude to you. It's purely for him. Because I don't, my wife says I don't have rhythm, but she's wrong. She's totally wrong. She always says, you don't know how to dance. You don't have rhythm. I go, yeah, I do. I just dance for the Lord on his count, not, you know. <laughs> I think every Christian should know how to get down for Jesus. I do. When the Holy Spirit's asking you for this dance, you know what he does? That's when you feel like, man, I want to get out there. I want to get out there. That's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, I want, let's have this dance. Come on, come out with me. This is a part of burning bright. He wants you to shine for him. There's one more thing about this fire that I want to bring out to you before I, before I just, there's two more, but I'll probably finish here. This fire, not only does it give you energy, not only does it, does it burn, you know, it's hotter. Not only does it make you want to dance for God and express your love for him. But it makes you this unbelievable worshiper that is so grateful and you just can't help but to express it in the church. Now, let me tell you something. It shouldn't be such a hard thing for the worship team to get you to lift your hands. Now, I, I mean, the worship team should say amen. I'm not saying that you have to have such a hard time here, but I know in our church, sometimes it's like pulling, you know, come on, people, lift your hands. Come on. At times. See, because at times we don't feel like it. See, this fire, it takes over your feelings. Understand this. This type of fire, whether you feel like it or not, you decide I will praise my Lord Jesus today. And there's no way that I will not give him what he deserves. Now, this type of fire, you may not be perfect. You may have made a mistake or two. But with this type of fire, you recognize I can't stay there. I've got to get up. I've got to keep on burning for God. I can't let this fire go. Why? Because the last thing about this fire is that it should be shown and it is contagious. People should recognize your fire. People should look at you and say, is that you? Is that really you? People at work should wonder how you do it. They should look at you and say, man, I make more money than you do. But you always have a smile on your face. I have a bigger house than you do. But you always have joy and peace, and I don't have any of that. They should see something different about you. Anywhere you go, especially if they know who you are.
Now, if they haven't seen anything different about you, it's time for you to go tomorrow and burn for Jesus. Come on, clap your hands with me. Come on, clap your hands like this, until they hurt. Like, you know what I'm saying? Express it to God. Come on, light up a little bit. Light yourself on fire right now. Now look, look, look. If you're going to light on fire today, how many of you want to light on fire? No, really, really, I really want to know. It's a real question. I'm not just saying one of those how many. Okay, if you do, somebody that came with you should eventually today look at you and their jaw should drop like. When was the last time somebody saw you in a different way? Somebody saw you getting a breakthrough that was so real that you didn't care what anybody thought. Your husband or wife should look at you and go, who is that? That's if you're doing it right. But some of us have gotten so predictable in church that we do the same thing all the time. It's almost ritualistic. It can't be that no more. Not if you're here. Because it only takes one person's fire. It only takes one person's fire to light the whole family on fire. To get the whole row on fire. To get your whole section on fire. And to get the whole church on fire. Somebody clap your hands and shout fire! This is your moment now. You got to decide and you got to choose. You know, I have nine minutes left, huh? Okay, sit down. <laughs> they got a clock for me. I'm going to give you the last one more fire. This one's a good one. This is what I call the white fire. And, and this is, this fire, it's the hottest level of temperature. It's a testing fire, the Bible calls it. It is also a promotion fire. It's the hottest one. It tests, this is like time to grow fire. See, some, it's time to grow. That's why you're going through what you're going through. It's time to be promoted. God believes in you so much that you're going to go through some white fire. It's going to get hot. The Bible refers to this fire to represent trials and challenges that test and refine our faith. How do we grow spiritually? You want to know? How can I tell if some how can you tell if someone's grown or not? How can you tell if I've grown? Because we all say the next level, the next level. We don't know when we get there, though. I mean, it's hard to find what is the next level. How do I know when I get there? Would anybody tell me? I want to get there. Well, I'll tell you how you can know. This fire, it'll grow you because it'll cause your faith to grow to the next level. And when your faith grows to the next level, that says you're growing. When you no longer cry over the things that you used to cry about, when you no longer stop tithing just because you got a lot of bills, when you no longer stay away from church on Sundays at all. No matter what you're going through, there's certain things that shouldn't change. They should remain constant. And when you let those things be important, 
then you recognize this person's growing. Because they go through trial. Every one of us go through hardship. Every one of us go through hard times. Somebody say amen. If you've gone through hard times, guess what? That means God believes in you enough to allow you to go through what you've got to go through. And guess what? It's time for promotion. Clap your hands if you thank God. Trials and temptation. We all experience this kind of fire. It's a test for promotion leading to spiritual growth and ultimately bringing glory to God. God wants your faith to grow. This is how he grows us. He grows our faith and our levels of faith increase. 1 Peter 1.7 says this. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater works than worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Some of you have the best opportunity to give God praise than ever before. Some of you right now, you're going through some hard situations, things that, that are too much for you to handle. But guess what? God knows exactly what you're going through, and he's right there with you. All you got to do is have faith, put your trust in God. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He will not let you down. He will come through. Trust in him. Believe in him. Go all the way that he wants you to do. Be obedient to him, and you'll see that you'll pass that test. You'll be promoted. Your blessings on his way. Weeping may endure for a night, but oh, get ready because the next level is about to be here. Joy. Smile now, even though you don't feel it yet. Smile now, even though you don't have the breakthrough yet. Smile now, even though you don't have the promotion yet. It's on its way. Clap your hands and shout, fire! Finish this thing. I'm going to just give you the last one. I'm going by the clock, though. This is a good one. If I didn't give you this one, it would be like a disservice to you. The last one is the blue fire. It's the zealous fire, the Bible calls it. Power fire is what I call it. Burns blue because it's the purest form of the, the color of fire. Its purest form is blue. Blue and white, they say. Great quote says, the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul that's set on fire. Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there were appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Power fire. Fire of Pentecost. Tongues of fire. Here fire represents the Holy Spirit's empowering presence and the zeal and passion that he ignites in believers. This fire spreads. We've seen it, haven't we? Haven't you seen this fire spread? The type of Holy Ghost fire that is shut up in your bones. The type of fire that 
You get to see miracles happen. I believe in miracles. I've seen miracles happen, and I know God could do anything. There's not, you know, the word impossible is not even in God's vocabulary. It makes no sense to him. What's impossible with man? Come on, this is my last fire here. I've got to hear you. What? What's impossible with man? Say it louder. What's impossible for man? The temperature is going to get hot in here right now. Because most of us have been part of a dead situation. You've been part of being around people or maybe you had no fire. But obviously, people could go through motions at times. The heart might not be in it. No one really expects anything to happen, so nothing happens. But some say that we need some new converts to get the fire going again. I believe that's true. But I believe more than that, you just need some blue fire. This will cause new converts to want to get saved. When they see you walking around in this blue fire, even the shadow could have an anointing on it to get somebody saved. I believe this. The answer is found in the question, can God entrust us with new converts? I think there's a harvest in, our, in the church here that I could see many of you I've never seen before. That means there's new converts being saved here. So what does that mean? Those of you that have been around a while, that means you've got to burn blue. Every victory group leader, you've got to burn blue. You've got to burn bright. And when they go to your group, when they go to your ministry or your class or whatever, there should always be a possibility for a miracle to happen. Is it God we serve, a miracle-working God, or isn't he? That blue fire is in you. You've got to just believe. Step out and try it. Now, let me just close with this. Some people, you don't see miracles in your, in your life, in your ministry, because you don't step out and try to pray for them. Man, if there's this, there's this theory that's called the red car theory. Now, on your way here, how many red cars did you see? Did you count? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, this is the thing. I'm sure you saw many red cars. Now, follow me. But if I were to tell you, if you come to the Super Bowl on the way home, you know, and the way back, count the red cars you see, because I'm going to give you 100 bucks per car. The most likely you're going to go and you're going to count every red car. Probably take a selfie next to it and come back with, like, a, you know, a lot of red cars. Because now you're looking for the red car. Now you realize that there's the reward to the red car being seen. This is the attitude that people that see miracles in their ministry and in their lives, this is the attitude and the mindset that they take. They don't just go through life. They look for situations where they could be used by God to intervene and to let his spirit and his glory be flowing through their life. If you want to be used in miracles, signs, and wonders, God wants to use you too, but... If you don't recognize all the opportunities that he puts in front of you, 
that's your opportunity to burn blue and to burn bright and to let God use you and let him have the glory. It doesn't hurt at all to ask somebody, do you mind if I just say a prayer for you real quick? So I close with this, this illustration. This is a, when I was at the, we were in La Puente back then. And I just started in, 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 in working in miracles, signs and wonders. I, I believed that God was going to use me in that. So I, I went and I started asking God, please, Lord. Use my life, and I want to. I want to believe God. I want to believe you for miracles and, and signs and wonders. And a lot of us, when we're young, we do that. That we want to see the miracles. So the Lord put it on my heart to start to look for situations where I could actually possibly see one happen. So I was at the DMV, and and, and now all of a sudden, see this will happen to you if you're burning bright blue. <laughs> that He'll show you somebody that is sick or hurt or something's wrong with them, and He'll put a compassion in your heart. And he'll tell you, I want you to go and pray for them. Pray for a miracle in their life. So I was at the DMV. I saw this person. They were in it like a wheelchair, but he was trying to walk too at the same time. He had these crutches. Anyway, I, I just saw him and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, there's your guy. And I thought, well, Lord, there's a line though. There's a big long line. And if I get out of line, um, I, I don't know. Because, you know, whenever you're getting prompted by the Holy Spirit, he will, it'll cause you to have this nervousness. Like this like weird tingling in your, your tummy or your, have you had that recently? Where you're about to do something that you know you normally wouldn't do and you're doing it only because the Holy Spirit and God wants you to do it. And it gives you this nervous butterfly feeling that only comes when you're about to step into an unknown realm. If you haven't had that, try it. Try doing something for God. Try testifying or giving your testimony in front of a lot of people at In-N-Out Burger when you go there today. I promise you, you will feel that feeling. That feeling that says, oh, Lord, here I go. I'm going to jump in, but oh, God, help me. You know. I went and I obeyed the Holy Spirit. I waited till he came out, though. And I saw him in the parking lot and I said, hey, man, I know this is going to sound weird, but I, I just believe that God wants me to pray for you. That you're going to be able to walk if you just believe. And I, I want to see a prayer for you. And then, and then the guy goes, go for it, man, no problem. And, and I, I prayed for him. And I said, come on, try to walk. And he goes, no, dude, I'm not going to be able to walk right now. And I go, okay, I get it. I get it. But you don't want to try? Are you sure? <laughs> it might just happen. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll try tomorrow and I'll, I'll try another day. But I go, okay, no problem, man. Thank you for letting me pray for you. And I left there thinking, okay, I swung, but, I, you know, swing and a miss. <laughs> Little did I know that I would, you know, I told him where I was at, where I went to church. I told him that I just became the youth pastor of the church in the La Puente Church. And I told him, if you ever want to come and, and be there with us. So I gave him all these flyers and stuff too. So two years later, he comes to one of our festivals that Kathy used to put on. And he was looking for me. Everybody was telling me, hey, your friend's looking for you. And I go, really, my friend's here? They go, yeah, he's looking for you. And all of a sudden, this guy, they bring him to me. Hey, man, what's happening? Boom, he, you know. He was all happy to see me, and I didn't, I'm like puzzled, who is this dude? I'm like, hey, all right, yeah, good to see you, bud, how you doing? And he's all, you remember me, right? I go, well, I'm downloading still, man, I can't find it, I can't find it. You remind me real quick, and he said, the DMV, man. Remember, at the DMV? When you came, you prayed for me. And at that time, I couldn't walk. But look at me now. God is my witness. 
He was totally normal, not needing crutches, not needing any help. He was walking and jumping and doing the whole thing. He told me this. He said, I wasn't supposed to be able to walk. That's why I didn't try that day. But what you said to me stuck in my mind that you should try it. And he said, so every day I got up and I tried. He said, it was that day that began the journey. You burn bright and you'll see miracles happen for you and around you and you'll see miracles begin to unfold everywhere you go. Think about this real quick and I'm done. How many miracles are we missing every day? How many times should somebody has gotten saved, but we just didn't, we just didn't do what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do? There's two things. You could be a person that listens to God, or you could be a person that hears God. Listening, you could be listening to me all you want right now. Doesn't mean you're going to do any of it. But if you hear me, that means if you hear, there's a two meaning, two meanings to that word in the Bible. It means that you're listening and you're actually doing it. You're obeying it. It's time for us to hear him. It's time for us to hear God's voice and to burn blue and to let God's power demonstrate, be demonstrated through our lives. Clap your hands one last time and stand with me if you will. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.